What is going on, everyone? Script writer Steve right here. It's February 11th, 2021. Just another late night podcast here on Barbecue 2 Movies. I'll be talking about this stupid clown show called Impeachment Trial. More so this guy called Lawrence Tribe. What a... <laughs> I, I better not say that on the air. All right, enough of this. I'm turning this down. How is everyone going, man? What is cooking? What is cooking? I have to tell you, you know, these Democrats, they really just drive me up the wall. Um, you know, the left, and I shouldn't single out the Democrats because there are some people on the right who drive me up the wall too. But what, what can I say? I'm a, you know, compulsive complainer. I guess that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of this, a little of this, this uh, I guess, impeachment trial as much as I could. Um, it's really, really boring. They're all saying the same things over and over again. And I really, I'm really coming in here to, with an open mind. Um, I'm coming in here with an open mind, but again, I'm treating myself like a juror where I'm supposed to be um, treating the, the defendant innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, right? That's what we all want. Even though this impeachment isn't a criminal trial, you know, if this were a criminal trial, we would say Donald Trump is innocent until he's proven guilty beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt. And has the Senate actually, or the Democrats actually made their case beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump has, did not incite, I mean, or he did incite this, this insurrection? And first of all, was it an insurrection? I just don't believe it. I mean, usually if I think of insurrection, we're talking about a mob, not a mob, you know, they keep calling it a mob. Mobs don't turn over a government. You know, you know militias do. Um, you know, anarchists do. Uh, a lot of people come in there you know, with, loaded with guns, spears, and all those different types of things looking to wage war. You know, what did these people who came into the, the Capitol come with? You know what they came with? Cell phones. They, a lot of them were dressed like they were going to a Comic-Con. Uh, there's that one famous guy who is called Chewbacca. I think he's called Chewbacca something. He, he's that guy with the horns. And you know what was really interesting? When he got there to the Senate floor, and I think there's video of him getting to the Senate floor. Uh, I think it was the House, of Rep- the House of Representatives or that floor. Anyway, when he got in there, we, we saw this video. Guess what he and his domestic terrorists did? They held each other by the hand, made a prayer circle, and prayed that the, um, the politicians would do the right thing and preserve a democracy going forward. That's it. They went in there and prayed. They didn't overturn anything. They didn't set fire to anything. You know, I, I, I watched this summer, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, which are basically the same thing because their ideals line up verbatim. Okay, it's very hard to tell which, which is which, all right? I saw them riot in every single city there and burn down the cities. I saw them take bricks and throw it at cops. I saw them tear down statues, all right? And I saw them attack a lot of people there very violently. You know, that kid over there in Kenosha, I forgot, it, Kyle Rittenhouse, right? I think that was his name. Well, guess what? You know, he, he, he shot three people dead in self-defense because those people, the, the rioters there were going after him. And they were going after him because he actually put out a dumpster fire and he shot them dead in self-defense. And by the way, the people who were there, the ones who were shot dead, all bad people. It just happened. Now, of course, no one deserves to die. But the guy who got shot, he was, I think one was a, was a pedophile, a convicted pedophile. The other guy, he actually ended up, you know, abusing his girlfriend. He was, you know, these are bad people, you know. So, you know, the, the cross-section of the people, the mobster, or the mobsters, or the mob that actually went into the Capitol. Well, you had Olympians there. You had, like, you know, people who were formerly in the military. Yeah, and again, none of them who, again, who Hillary Clinton and the left, he says that, the right clings to two things, their guns and their Bible. And we all know Republicans. We're all Second, Second Amendment people, right? We all cling to our guns, definitely. And no one brought a gun in there. And if, be, if there are people who did bring a gun in there, no one got shot. There wasn't even a bullet round discharged. And, and here's the thing that, that, that gets on me. You know, we've seen... 
We've seen violence in this country. It's really, really bad. I mean, not only the riots. We've seen shootings, mass shootings over there in Las Vegas. We saw, we saw shootings in malls, shopping malls, and in theaters, and in schools. And, and, and it's a very sad thing that we have to get under control, all right? But when these terrorists came in there with guns, and they're, they're terrorists, right? I mean, these are, that is true domestic terrorism. When these students go into there and they just shoot their classmates, that is a form, I would say, of just, it could be a form of domestic terrorism, but it's, but it's closer to do, domestic terrorism than this. So when these shooters go in there, guess what? You know, there are kids in there who act like heroes sometimes, who tackle the, you know, who, who actually tackle the shooter or who stand up against the shooter and they still get killed, but they stand their ground. I, I, I remember there was one girl and the shooter said, does anybody believe in Jesus here? And she stood up and she said, yeah, I do. And he shot her in the head. But she, at that moment, she showed strength. And man, that is very ins- inspirational. To hear about it's so sad, but yet very inspirational. Now look at these politicians, both Republican and Democrats, out there, over there on the Senate floor, in the House of Reps, or whatever. Right? They are running for their life. They are like running scared. I saw now. I saw Mitt Romney going down a hall and then turning around, running, running like a little girl. You know, why don't you stand your ground? There's no bullets flying. You know, the, all of these guys are just thinking the worst of the worst is going to come here. I mean, they are scared for their life. They are pissing in their pants. No one, no one there says, hey, give me a gun. I'm going to go help you guys defend this place. We're going to stand this ground against this, against this mob, right? You know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, they threatened to go into the suburbs, right? And in fact, they did. And when they went into the suburbs and they started to, they said, we're going to burn your place down. And they went into these conservative neighborhoods and these conservative neighborhoods were, were right there with their guns and he pointed it at right them and he marched right back to them and he beat the hell out of them. They beat the crap out of these kids. You know, these Antifa Black Lives Matter guys, they beat it out of them. You know, when, when, um, a, black, when, a, when a Black Lives Matter Antifa mob went, went down and crushed the gate of, uh, of Mark, Macau- Mark Makowski's um, a private residence, and went onto his front sidewalk, threatening to, you know, burn everything down, to kill his dog and everything. He and his wife, they didn't retreat. They didn't retreat like Mitt Romney. They didn't retreat like these these uh, wimpy, you know, you know, politicians into their back their back safe room. They took out their guns and they said, "Get out of here! Get the hell out of here!" You know, that's what you know guts. You know, I would be more inclined to say, you know what. Uh, you know, you, you were standing on the right side. I would, I would be more inclined to support maybe even this impeachment if these politicians stood up for themselves. But they're, again, because they, they thought, oh, you know, they're defending democracy. No, they weren't. They're running from it. They're running from it like a little girl. Right? In fact, little girls won't run from that. They'll stand up and fight. You know, I've seen little girls stand up and fight. These, you know, in fact, to compare a little girl to these politicians or, like the, or a wimpy person, no. These politicians are just wimps. They're wimps of their own definition. There's nothing to, to there's nothing to to describe how how like uh, cowardly that they actually are, and they hide behind this veil of of power over in the government, you know, telling you what to do because they they pervert the law left and right, and and it really just pisses me off. It really really does, you know. And here they are closing down our businesses, cl- closing down this. They're closing down the broader zones. We can't travel. And right now, in fact, they're saying, oh, maybe we may limit travel to and from Florida. Because we think Florida is doing a really bad job when you look at all the statistics, all the science and everything. Just because they didn't close down, you know, they think, oh, that governor there is doing such a bad job. No, he's doing a great job. Right? Oh, we have to limit travel. No, we don't. you don't have to limit travel to there. Everyone wants to travel to Florida because it's so open. You know, because that's almost like the, the one, the last beacon of what United States should be like. I mean, even Texas is going left, right? It's, it's not even that free in Texas anymore, right? The, Florida is like your last beacon of hope almost, almost. Because, you know, the Tampa Bay mayor is also 
a little, little, little wimp. You know, that Tampa Bay mayor, she's out there saying, oh, I'm, I, I looked at the, the, those fans out there celebrating each, with each other without masks, you know, you know, gathering together after the Super Bowl. Well, we got videos of all you guys without, without masks, and we're going to find you folks, and we're going to find, we're going to find y'all, not only find you, we're going to fine you, F-I-N-E, $500, once we find you, huh, no, no, it was, it was really hard for her to find the Antifa Black Lives Matter people who were like, you know, burning down buildings over there, but it's easy to find the people celebrating the Super Bowl, really, <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, here's here's what's really stunning. <laughs> Rand Paul, I like Rand Paul. Uh, I agree with him sometimes. I don't. But Rand Paul, if you don't remember, but I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you in on this. Maybe about, uh, I think it was maybe about four or five months ago. But this was this was maybe before the way before the election time. He was out there. I think it was right. No, it was right after the Republican. National Committee's, I, I guess, closing night. So he's walking home from he's walking home from watching President Trump speak, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter out there, and they are protesting and causing a ruckus. They're burning down hell. So he gets surrounded by an angry mob, and guess what? He just keeps marching straight through them. He keeps marching straight through them. He has some little police escort, but he's not scared. You know, he's even helping to protect the cops. And everything like that. You know, again, he's being very cautious. And here, you know, this this mob that surrounded him, they kept saying, "Say her name, say her name." They're talking about Breonna Taylor and everything like that. Again, it's Black Lives Matter, or and also Antifa saying, "Say her, say her name, say this person's name," and all that, all those different things. They're getting in their face. But ABC played that angry mob, which was maybe about a hundred people. They played it down, saying, "Oh, it was just a peaceful mob." It was just a peaceful protest. I tell you what, if you, you Google that video, it looks pretty scary to me. But here's the one thing which is pretty interesting. They did not lay a hand on him. They did not lay a hand. And I'll tell you what, if these representatives would have marched right into that mob right there, and into that angry mob uh, right there on the Capitol Hill, though that angry mob would have not attacked them either. You know, Donald Trump's supporters, all right, are not violent people. Now, who are they clashing against? The ones at the front line were clashing against the, the Capitol Police. And it's just one of those things where emotions get high and, and um, you know, it's almost like on a football field where you see the wide receiver and the cornerbacks duking it out and the benches start clearing. But overall, those people on both sides of the benches, they're not, for the most part, not violent people but that football game brings emotions out of them at the very at the at the worst. But later on, after the game, they're shaking hands, and this is what what pol- what politics look look like. It's very ugly, but at the end of the game, they can shake hands. And all of these all of these politicians out here, you know, things didn't have to get to this level. They could have came out there right there in front of, on the steps and met with the constituents, and met with them and talked with them. And you know what? There may have been yelling going back and forth, but nothing would have happened to them. I can almost guarantee that. Now, the guys at the front line, though, <clears throat> those guys were bad news, though. I don't think those... I'll have, to, I'll have to retract what I just said here. Those guys at the front line of that mob were there out for no good. When I'm talking about who they can talk to are the majority of the people over there who, who showed up to listen to Trump speak. That's the majority of the people right there are not violent whatsoever. I'm not talking about those frontline guys, the 25 or 50 of those guys who came there with gas masks and bats and ladders and everything and, and with hammers. No, those guys are violent. All right. But the majority of the people in that capital, in that capital rotunda, you know, here's, I got, <laughs> I remember watching that those people go into the, cap, the the rotunda, and they're staying within the stanchions, left and right. They're walking within the stanchions, taking pictures of you know, taking pictures on their cell phones. You know, they didn't bring their guns to the, to an insurrection. They brought their cell phones. 
They brought their cell phones. And look at you know Chewbacca there. They're posing for pictures inside of here. I mean, everyone's you know, people are doing like comical things, like stealing the podium and and taking a picture with the you know with with the with the um with the podium. Of course, you know that guy he stole it, so he should get prosecuted for that. And there are people who did dumb things like steal laptops and everything like that. But again, those are dumb things. You know, but that's not that doesn't apply to all of them. And again, yeah, there are some violent guys inside of there, but the vast majority of the people there were peaceful. And that's why you didn't see Molotov cocktails, you know, the Capitol building not burning down. Could you imagine if Black Lives Matter did the same thing? You know, which group pulls down statues and burns, burns down federal buildings and also spray paints federal buildings? Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Which ones actually create, you know, uh, uh, I guess their own little cities within cities like Chaz? That's Black Lives Matter and Antifa. You know, the Trump supporters don't do that, except the Trump supporters are labeled as domestic terrorists. In what way was it actually terrorism? And in what way did, did, um, did Trump incite this violence? You know, here, here's the thing. Democrats, I watched this whole impeachment. And... <laughs> You know, I watch clips of it. I don't watch the whole thing. You know, there's, there's only so much you can take because they're just repeating the same garbage over and over and over again. And they have nothing new to bring to the table. So you, you, you have to turn it on. You watch a little bit of it. You turn it off. You turn it back on. You watch a little bit of it. And you say, okay, this. And then you, then you watch the little excerpts they show you on TV. Even I even watch the excerpts they show you on CNN, MSNBC, because those are the, the talking points that they think are, are great. You know, they showed this video, this video on there on the first day, and it was so poorly edited. It, it you know, for me, I edit video. I, I edit wedding videos right now because that's the vast majority of my work was, is weddings. But I've edited everything from commercials to, to uh, TV shows, everything you, everything you have out there. And when you edit, you try to cover up your flaws. You, you, try, to, you, you try to twist reality in a little bit because you want to you you're kind of lying to the audience so say for example if i have a a piece of dialogue and i'm talking between me and you uh, me uh, or two actors together are are talking to each other conversing with each other what you don't see um that ends up not making the cut is how many times they stuttered messed up on their lines um they laughed and everything and everything looks pretty much when you edit it it looks like it looks like a continuous cut or like like one long, really great, you know, piece that would like win an Oscar or something like that, right? But the truth about it is that it took a lot of cuts to get to that. And when you edit it all together, it gets everything just really just smooth and the audience just doesn't know. You know they don't know it's really good editing and that's what good editing does. Now, the Democrats edited this video <laughs> and they took Trump's speech spliced it up like a kindergartner and put the word fight. You have to fight and I want you to fight. And it's these hard jump cuts where you're not even fooling the audience because it's you can see the cuts happening. They're really hard cuts. And they're only using the word fight, fight, fight. And then they're, they're going to, uh, and they're cutting to like a um, video of the of the Capitol being stormed and then Trump the, the Trump flag there. And people are saying, you know, take it back, take it back and all those different different types of things. It's completely biased editing, and this is being entered in as evidence. You know, here, here's the thing. The truth, it, you know, the truth shall always set you free, right? They've always said that. The truth shall set you free. But when it's edited that way, you know for a fact they're hiding something. Why don't they show the whole entire speech of Donald Trump? The whole truth and nothing but the whole truth. Let's show the whole damn speech. No, we only we only want to focus on the word fight. When the word fight, we're saying we have to fight like hell. That's a metaphor. That's an analogy. So you're, you're going to impeach him on a metaphor or, or an, an analogy. How many times do we have to say you got to fight like hell? You play football. People say you got to fight like hell. Fight like hell. Does that mean go there and punch him in the face? No, not at all. You know, Saying that Trump is responsible for inciting this quote-unquote insurrection is equivalent to, to blaming uh, like uh, a violent music, uh, a violent song 
on the school shootings or blaming Snoop Doggy Dog for, for gang violence. Yeah, or blaming video games for, for um, mass school shootings. You know, and, and they'll say, oh, this kid, he liked to play Call of Duty. So Call of Duty is responsible for it. And guess what? They tried to sue, you know, call, the makers of Call of Duty for these, um, the, uh, for inciting ma- mass school violence, which never succeeded. But also, it was brought to court, by the way. <laughs> you can sue for that, but you can't sue for voter fraud, by the way. It, it, that, that's just weird, right? So the video that they showed was not stunning. It, I mean, it was complete, completely edited. And the other videos of, you know, now I can understand, you know, you know President Pence, you know, I mean, Vice President Pence, you know, you know kind of fleeing the area because he's the vice president. But he wasn't really, you know... You know, he wasn't, he didn't feel like, it didn't look like he was in danger, all right? And, and it really didn't look, they were just kind of going, you know, telling him to go from here to there, sir, and, and everything like that. He just, him and his family just walked down. But then you saw Senator Romney just running like a little pansy. <laughs> that part was, I thought was really, really funny. And, and Romney's out there saying, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think, I didn't realize they were so close to me. Well, who the hell cares? I think you thought they were really close to me. I think you just didn't want to stand up for anything because you thought you're really in danger. But, you know, I think they would probably get you. <laughs> and you just thought the worst because you've been, you've been, you've been actually talking these people down for, you know, for not electing you as president. You know, here's an interesting thing. I was having this conversation with my father and, uh, you know, if we look on both sides of, of, the, of the aisle, who is on Trump's side and who is on Biden's side? On Biden's side, you really don't have a list of characters that are very ethical. In fact, your leader, who is Biden, right, is pretty much, you know, you know, you know he's pretty much a criminal. He's very much a criminal. You have Hillary Clinton, who's pretty much a criminal. I mean, they are criminals, right? You know, you have Hunter Biden, you have Kamala Harris, the way she actually actually made it to the top is by just really sleeping her way to the top. She was not a very good prosecutor, <laughs> you know, Biden was not a very good, uh, I guess, senator at all. Um, you have Nancy Pelosi, who enriched her own family, you know, with all of the, all of the bills that she passed. You know, her, her, her husband was not wealthy before then. They became wealthy through all the deals they passed through China. You have Bernie Sanders, you know, out there, a, a socialist. You know, in, his wife and him were like involved with so many scandals. You know, they're, they're not that very good. And then you have Susan Rice, you know, the Benghazi lady, right? Out there lying to everyone saying, oh, it's, it's you know, because of a YouTube video um, that, that, that Benghazi was actually, uh, uh, I, I guess the embassy in Benghazi was actually attacked. A YouTube video lying to everyone. And then you have the whole media. Just lying, lying, and lying, and lying for three or four years saying Trump colluded with the Russians. And the whole DNC out there who actually paid off the Russians to, you know, to get this false, this false dossier so the FBI could investigate, investigate President Trump or spy on him. That's the people who we think, who people think are heroes. Those are the people who we think are heroes. Now on the, on Trump's side, you have people like, you know, you have people like uh, um, General Mike Flynn, a general, a guy who, you know, fought a war like that, who actually was a whistleblower against the Obama administration, who stood up for the right things. You have Sidney Powell, a very good, you know, prosecutor, someone who, who argues great cases in front of, the, in front of the, the Supreme Court. You have Lynn Wood. You know, who is Lynn Wood, who actually, you know, got Richard Jewell tons of money, who defended Richard Jewell when the media created him. The media and the FBI, by the way, if you remember, went after him and and labeled Richard Jewell a hero who saved hundreds of people's lives and labeled him as the domestic terrorist. How do you like that? Right. You, You remember that Richard Jewell? That they did the same thing. They're doing to Trump, you know, and, and, and to us, labeling us as domestic terrorists when we're not. Same exact playbook, lying to you. Exactly. 
And then you have all, again, the person who shot Osama bin Laden dead, right? The exact Navy SEAL soldier who actually did that on Trump's side. You have all these, the, the, the cast, the cast of heroes on Trump's, on Trump, the Trump team are incredible. You have criminals on the left. You have just flat out criminals. You know, people who, you have different levels of spies on the left. You have everyone from Jim, Jim Comey to the, the NSA, the CIA, all those guys who have done bad things. They're on CNN. You know, the, the people who, you know, here's the funny thing. The left kept, the, before I thought they were so against the machine, the, the government. You know, they're, they're so like anti-government. Government, they're saying, we, we want our freedoms. We want this. We want, remember back in the olden days, well, even before our times, it was all about screw the government, F the government. And now it's all about embrace the government, embrace the spy agencies, embrace the NSA directors, you know, embrace the FBI director, give them big hugs, you know. You even have that, that lady on, on MSNBC who's calling for drone strikes on Trump supporters. I thought they were anti-droning, and now they're saying, oh, have drone strikes on Trump supporters. <laughs> Which side are you on? It's crazy. You know, I, I just can't understand this. All right, everyone, I'm going to go take a break here, and I'm going to try to calm down. I'm going to calm down. I want to get into this guy, Lawrence Tribe. This guy is a trip. He should be Lawrence Tribe. His name should be Trip. Uh, I listened to him on uh, Megyn Kelly's a podcast. Uh, just to let you know, he is the guy who is uh, responsible for the, the prosecution's whole um, offense against Donald Trump. The whole thing. He's the mastermind. And he's a constitutional lawyer. So I will get into this right after these messages. All right, I'm back. We're going to talk about Lawrence Tribe. This right here, this is the theme song to the Democrats' whole prosecution. It's nothing but baloney. All right. Okay, let's get into this. Let's get into this. So the other day when I was washing dishes, I turned on to, to Megan Kelly, if you remember her. She's, she's also a piece of work. And Megan Kelly, uh, <laughs> I tell you what, Megan Kelly, I, and when she first popped onto the scene, I was really, really just amazed. At her. You know, she is a beauty. She's very, very pretty. And I thought, wow, she's just this beautiful blonde. And, you know, Fox News, they always have beautiful, beautiful women on top of there. And... And she's very smart and just loved her opinion. I, I really liked her opinion on what she had things, uh, what she had on things. And, you know, but for some reason, when Trump came into, uh, I guess, on the scene, she just went full stupid. And, and then after, you know, she got, she left Fox and went over to, I forgot where she went to, but she went over to that other chat. Was it ABC? I forgot. One, one of those main networks. She just dropped the ball over and over and over again. She didn't know how to interview for Beans. And I thought, wow, you know, on Fox, she did such a great job. Like, what in the world happened? Like, really, really, what in the, what in the world happened? So she got kicked off that. She got it. And, and they took a big severance pay. I mean, severance payout or something like that. They, they, they just bought out her contract or something like that. And they would rather pay her to be unemployed than to have her back on there because she was so bad. And I have to agree, she is bad at doing her job. So what, what does she do now? She has a podcast that literally nobody listens to. Well, I guess I, would, I shouldn't say that because, uh, you know, nobody listens to my podcast that much compared to her. She has a following, but I'm not sure how many people are following her religiously, to be honest. It's one of the lower, you know, podcasts out there. For a celebrity, I always say it's nobody. She's not no Joe Rogan. You know, Joe Rogan is like the, the king of podcasts, right? right? So anyway, she had, she has on the show, she has, uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, who's a really good, uh, you know, a constitutional lawyer. He's a Democrat. Um, but he also sides a lot of times with the conservatives, uh, because, he sees that the Democrats are abusing the Constitution. But here comes Lawrence Tribe. So who is Lawrence Tribe? Well, he's a professor at the Harvard Law School. 
And uh, he is the professor over there of, of constitutional laws, of, of law scholars and all that. So guess what? Like Obama was a student. Uh, John Roberts, uh, you know, Chief Justice John Roberts was a student. So was Ted Cruz. And uh, so was a lot of other, who was it? He listed a lot of people there. So you think, wow, this guy must be really, really smart. Well, when he starts talking, it's so hard to understand him because it's all vocabulary and really no substance. And then when you start understanding what he's trying to say, he's not thinking clearly. So get this. You remember when Trump ran in 2016, Trump made a statement, he made a, he made a comment saying that, and uh, Lawrence Tribe referenced this, that what I'm about to tell you, he made a comment that, that Trump said to his, his supporters at a MAGA rally that I can go into the middle of Times Square and I can shoot somebody and you folks would still follow me. Well, Lawrence Tribe said, do you remember, remember that time Trump said and blah, 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 like what I just told you? Well, he said, here Trump is actually advocating murder. Trump is telling his, telling, telling his followers, who are all zombies, that you know, you, you know, to, he's going to murder someone. He's advocating murder. He's advocating death. Right? Are you crazy? <laughs> Does he not understand what an analogy or a metaphor is? Or comedy is? What is, tr- what is Trump trying to say? He's just trying to say in a very comical way, that you folks are just so loyal. I really appreciate your loyalty. He, Trump isn't going into the middle of Times Square to shoot someone dead. And this guy, Lawrence Tribe, is taking it literally. He's taking a metaphor, an analogy. You know, you know a, a simple comical story as the truth. And he is the head of constitutional law scholar over at Harvard? Really? Huh. Get this. So he tweets. He, he, he wrote these tweets today. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Here it goes. When people study 100 years from now how the United States began to find its way back from the mob violence, destruction, and death that Donald Trump unleashed on this country, they will recall the words of Representative Jamie Haskin. What the hell? What mob violence? There was no mob violence unleashed on this country by Donald Trump. What we saw were just triggered people, all right? You know, triggered people. There could have been Antifa, there could have been Black Lives Matter. I happen to believe they were Trump supporters. A lot of them were Trump supporters, right? And that was a mob in a certain way, right? But it wasn't insurrectionist. Do you realize he didn't say insurrectionist? And by the way, the destruction, what destruction? You know, the Capitol Hill, okay, some windows got broken and all those things. But not one chair was overturned in the chambers of the House or the Senate. Not one, sh- one, one there. Not one chair. I didn't see no Molotov cocktails, right? I didn't see. And what type of destruction? What what other type of destruction is he talking about? Oh, the low taxes. You know the the housing boom, for the fact that all businesses are doing great. Oh, the good trade deals we had. NAFTA 2.0 getting getting what do you call like a renegotiated. Us getting, you know, getting strong against North Korea. What kind of destruction? We didn't drop one bomb when Trump was in office and he's saying destruction. Don't give me that crap. And then we talk about the death that Donald Trump unleashed on this country. What death? Absolutely what death? What death are you talking about, Lawrence? Death in this country? No, or are we talking about the COVID death? Do you know that if you tally, we have 300 to 320 million people, Americans here, right? And that death, we found out, now we are, even though we are United States, every governor is responsible for their own state. So if Donald Trump can only do so much, it's up to the governor to do what they want to do. And we find over there in Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, who won, um, I guess, an Emmy for his press conferences and is like loved by the left, we find out that, oh, his, his own aide came out and said that, yeah, we actually hid the number of deaths by the federal government because we really wanted Donald Trump to look worse than he actually is. So guess what? They pushed over 9,000 infected patients back into the old, the, the, the old homes, which infected more um, elderly. And that ended up pushing up our death rate 
those old people, we know they are the most susceptible to these things. And he's out there killing them. And he knows that. That's their darling of the left. Kumo. Governor Kumo. He's so great, we have to give him an Emmy. You know, he unleashed death over there in New York City. And what about all the lockups right now? Where they're going crazy. The violence, the suicides with these kids. You know, they can't, they can't stand not seeing their friends. They're, 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 you know? You know, you know what really pisses me off too? Our own governor locked us down, right? And he said, he comes out, he comes out here, so we need to be more like South Korea. We're looking for results like South Korea. South Korea never locked down. All these governors, they said, oh, we're looking for like for South Korea because South Korea has a good model, right? They never locked down. They forget about that. They forgot that about that completely. That's how stupid they are. Even Fauci said that. Fauci is an idiot. So here's another quote he said. I've closely studied every impeachment trial in our history. No impeachment trial has ever been as ably prosecuted in, in the Senate. In no prior impeachment has a conviction been as overwhelmingly justified. Now the Senate is on trial. To acquit itself, it must convict Donald J. Trump. What the hell are you talking about? Again, all vocabulary, no meaning. Why don't you speak damn freaking English? You know, this, here's a scholar, scholar who can't even put together a comprehensive tweet. And this guy's supposed to be some type of genius? To acquit itself, the Senate must convict Donald Trump. So they're saying, oh, to, to acquit, why would a Senate have to acquit itself? What is your metaphor you're trying to say here? That they're wrong? You know, that you're saying, oh, it's a waste of time to say it's a waste of time not. No, the only reason why you convict Donald Trump is that if he's actually guilty. You, you don't, you don't have the, the, the Senate. It, the Senate is not on trial. They say, oh, the Senate is on trial. To acquit itself, it must convict Donald J. Trump. This guy's a constitutional lawyer. <laughs> Can you believe that? What he, what he just said. Now, that's the only part I understand about it. He says, the other part where he says, no impeachment has ever been as ably prosecuted in the Senate. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, the, <laughs> the House of Representatives, <laughs> they didn't even investigate the origins of this entire, uh, of this entire, uh, I guess, insurrection. Nothing. They didn't even wait for the FBI to complete their investigation before they actually, you know, you know, march down the impeachment orders down to the Senate. You know, before Bill Clinton got impeached, Ken Starr was hired as a special prosecutor to actually investigate to see if there was something to impeach, and they finally got him on, you know, perjury by investigating Monica Lewinsky, right? So that whole thing moved, and they say, oh, we got you, we're going to get, you know, Bill Clinton on a, on, a, on a process crime, which is stupid. You know, you know, again, so we moved it from the, water, the Watergate thing, you know, the, the, the bad real estate deal to, to, to Monica Lewinsky, which is stupid. You know, and, and, it's, and it's, that's, that's just how special prosecutions work. That's how stupid it is. I, I didn't agree with that. But here we have this, you know, backing up just, just to like earlier in 2016. They, that's the reason why they got Mueller, to, was to investigate Donald Trump, to, to try to get to the bottom of this so-called Russian collusion, which apparently didn't happen, so they couldn't put forth an impeachment trial. And then they had to do a Ukraine call. They said, we have to find a reason. We got to find a reason so he can't run. And a lot of them came out and said, if we don't impeach him this trial, he's going to actually win. They're, trying, they're so panicked. They're so panicked. Here's the thing about it. Do the Democrats actually, they're not operating very confidently like a person who can win. You know, we, we just saw Tampa Bay. You know, if, you, if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, that's fine. But I did. Loved it. I loved every second of it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and all of them came out and said, we're going to win number two. They're so confident that we're going to win number two. We're going to smash the competition. We're so confident in it. Donald Trump comes out, we're going to win in 2024, right? We're going to win in 2016. We're going to win in 2020. Very confident. The Democrats, they are not, you know, you know, 
I guess they are not like like showing any confidence within themselves, none whatsoever. They are impeaching. They're trying. To, they're trying to impeach Donald Trump. They even said it. We're trying to impeach Donald Trump to save the nation. You know, so he can't run again. They're so scared that he'll run again in 2024 or run as someone in the House of Representatives, like as a representative over there in Florida and just shake up the entire area. Can you imagine that, right? They're that scared of Trump. You know, they, they just can't stand it. You know, they, they, they don't like him in there because all of them, these career politicians, they went into D.C. to get richer. They didn't go into D.C. to do something better. You know, Maxine Waters and all that, they're all, and I tell you what, they're all a bunch of cheaters. You know, if you know anyone who's actually worked with all of these, with all of these senators, all of these representatives, all of them are crooks of a different degree. All of them, including Republicans, by the way. It's not just Democrats. A lot of corrupt Republicans on there. In fact, anyone who's a career politician who spent their life in D.C. is probably, you know, a crook like, like a mafia. That is its own mafia, its own gang. And that's why they're all ganging up, ganging up on Trump, making up lies. And again, they're working. Some of them, the Democrats, Republicans, it does not matter. Does not matter at all. Let's go back to this work of art, Lawrence Tribe. He says, if conviction is out of reach, the House managers are aiming their arguments at two other audiences. The American people whose decision is to deny Mr. Trump a second term, was put at risk and historians who will one day render their own judgments. That's a very complicated way to say, you know, they're arguing why not to vote for Trump in 2024, and also they're trying to argue why Donald Trump would be a, would, would be a good or bad president. This guy is a trip. So anyway, this, this man right here, is the person who is responsible for the the case against Trump in the impeachment trial. He is the brains. And Megyn Kelly asked him pretty much up close, the Constitution says that the chief of justice, in order for uh, an impeachment impeachment trial of the president to go on, he has to be sitting in office, number one. The chief of justice has to preside over the hearing, number two, and there has to be two-thirds of the Senate majority vote, which they're not going to get. So they're not going to get all three of them. In fact, they don't have two of the three right now. And she asked him, how is this constitutional? And he says, well, I've been a Harvard law professor for this long, and I can tell you what, that it is. That's his explanation. Because... He's a Harvard Law professor, and it is. That's it. She presses him, she presses him on it a little, and he says, from my background and experience of, 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 um, of uh, uh, I guess, uh, arguing in front of the Supreme Court, I know what I'm talking about. He didn't explain it again. He just goes back to his, his resume. And that's all he does. It's the same thing when Democrats tell me, Oh, Steve, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a wedding planner or you're only a professional storyteller. You know, I am this. I am, I am a this and I am that. Well, I don't care what you are. I care about the, the, the logical argument of, you know, that, we're, that you're trying to put forth, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like really, really crazy, you know? That, that's, that's all they can, they can argue is their resume. And again, it's because a lot of them are all about image. A lot of them are all about, you know, I, I, because I have this resume, because I look this way or I actually have this, have this background, I'm right. And you're wrong because you're not. That's it. So believe me, you should be a loyalist. And by the way, a lot of professors think that way. They think you're one of your, their college students. In fact, when I have debates with people who are professors, they pull the same thing. Well, I'm a college professor and I'm all this and all. I have these degrees from here and here's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't care about that. I care about the, the logical statement that we're trying to debate right here. Oh, I have this resume. Who the hell cares about your resume? Who the hell cares? You know, I don't care, right? But again, 
That's the argument they're making in their class in their class to their students. I'm your professor, so what I say is the law. You know how it is. We've all been to a college course before. You know, a lot of you are college students. Luckily for me, I dropped out after one semester and actually got a real job. Or luckily I wasn't brainwashed. <laughs> you know, sometimes I look back and I say, man, what if I actually stayed in college? Would I would I have actually come out? to be a liberal idiot, you know, who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Anyway, this Lawrence Tribe guy, like, uh, he's a, he he, he is a work of art. He is a work of art. I like to always call them absent-minded professors. Uh, He, oh, he also said this. This is the funny thing. So this, I was listening to this on, on Sunday. No, was it Monday? Monday. And uh, the impeachment trial was to start on Tuesday. And he, and he says, oh, Megan, you need to watch this video that we put forth. Um, it's video evidence. That we're going to show it on Monday that you've never seen before. And after you see that, you know, you're going to just, your jaw's going to drop. It is just mind-blowing evidence of how Donald Trump incited this insurrection. Again, I described that video of what it was. A poorly edited video from a kindergartner that was edited out of context. You know, you could, again, you can make any type of video when you do selective editing. And, you know, they've done videos like where I think they did jingle bells with Trump saying one word like Bing or something like that. And then, you know, because he says it in different tones and you can speed it up and slow it down. It was like that when he was saying the word fight. So apparently, even according to Lawrence Tribe, Trump said the word fight 20 times, and he only said peaceful once or twice. So doesn't that mean that he's causing an insurrection? Absolutely not. Where are you? How can you connect the dots to that? (laughs) Oh, my God. So there's a lot of other politicians that say we should use the word, that they use the word fight. They use the word fight like hell. We have to go to battle. We're actually fighting against this candidate. In fact, Biden said it. Uh, you know, all, every single, every, almost every single politician said that. You know, I, I've said, you got to fight like hell. You know, don't give up. You got to fight like hell. You know, it, it's just a simple metaphor. It's a simple saying. You know, it, it's really a simple saying. Fight like hell. Give them hell. Right? It's not saying go there and punch cops in the face and try to kill them. Oh, and get this too. Here's the thing. And I, and, and, and I, always, say, I always say this. You know, the, devils are, the devil is not only in the details, it's in the details they don't tell you. So what are they not telling us? This Capitol Police officer that, so, that, that the, his ashes were held in the rotunda, you know, and then over there we have Mitt Romney and all these politicians saluting him, getting their photo op, by the way. They are not releasing the details of his autopsy. How did he die? How did he die? And guess what? They can't find any evidence that he was killed by an ex- a, a fire extinguisher. That was a lie. Even I believed it. You know, the media came out and said he apparently had died. Someone hit him on the head with a fire extinguisher. I'm like, oh my God, that's bad. No, that's not true. That's all made up. 100% made up. In fact, it's so bad that the, that the um, FBI can't figure out like what's, what is his cause of death. Well, they did the autopsy, and you know what? If they found out it was caused by head trauma and everything like that, they would have released it. They said, you know, you get hit in the head, blunt, blunt head trauma caused this and everything, but apparently they're keeping it from you. It's like COVID. They, tell you, they, don't, they keep so much of the stats from us, they won't release it. And what does that tell you when they hide things, hide significant things? That means they're, they're covering their ass for something. So this guy, Lawrence Tribe out there, he's saying, you know, Trump is responsible for this guy's death. Well, wh- why don't you release the autopsy and see if actually see how, how he actually died then? Tell us. If he is responsible, tell us how he is responsible. <laughs> oh, by the way, during the trial, they interviewed one lady who's part of a, they said a radical, a radical extremist group. And they say that, oh, you know, this, they were waiting for Trump's, um, Trump's like, uh, I guess, sign, his word for us to storm the Capitol. And that's when we went. Okay, that may be true. 
But she's one of those, you know, crazy people. You know, what, what sign? What sign were you waiting for? Why is it that the majority of the Trump supporters out there, there was millions, by the way, you know, why was it that they didn't storm the Capitol? Right? Why, why do we have to keep, again, you know, leaving out all of the details, right? Why can't we tell all the details? The whole thing, how the Capitol Police officer died, you know, the whole, why can't we listen to the whole speech that Trump gave, right? Why can't we listen to all of the people who were involved with this, get this, uh, the rioter, rioters there? Why don't we take a look at that? Why can't we hear the FBI's, you know, um, uh, I guess, conclusion on what caused this? The FBI is not, there. the investigators, the investigators are not being allowed to testify. How do you like that? Where's the FBI investigators? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Again, completely stupid. Completely stupid. And we're supposed to believe, believe that, <laughs> that this is justice. Right? All right, man. That's it for today. That is it completely for today. I'm a little bit heated, but what can I say, Right? You know, this is our country right now. And by the way, the Republicans are going to start their defense. They're, they're going to start. I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. And again, they should argue flat out that the chief justice is not here presiding over an impeachment of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not even in office. How the hell do you impeach a private citizen? You know, you only, you only have the power to, to actually, you know, remove him from office. And by the way, I heard I heard they were actually going to try prosecute Trump on, on criminal on a criminal offense now. Really? On what? Like like what? You know, it's it's, it's almost equivalent. Again, <laughs> Trump can say whatever he wants to say, right? In fact, the Democrats have used this and says when when Maxine Water went out there and said you have to go out. And get in their face. If they're at a restaurant, if anything, get out in their face. Don't make them comfortable. Chase them out of this town. And guess what? They actually did that. And she said, it's my freedom of speech. And the Democrat said, that's, that's her freedom of speech. You know? <laughs> they said that. So they hid behind the freedom, the freedom of speech. And if, in fact, yes, she does have the right to say those stupid things. Right? And the Democrats know for a fact what they say incites violence. In fact, they're, they're, they are directly guilty of inciting everything they accuse Trump of doing. Inciting violence, inciting the mob. This Lawrence tribe here who's so stupid he doesn't even realize it. George Floyd. Completely manipulated information. Those cops there were not racist. You know, they were not trying to kill him. There were other black people in that SUV. He was saying, I can't breathe when he was standing, when he was sitting upright in the, in the police SUV. And he could actually breathe out there when, when that, that cop's shin was over his neck, not applying deadly pressure. Because by the way, we all know, we all watch MMA. If someone is getting choked out, you can't talk. And by the way, if you ever had someone put a chokehold or, or any type of chokehold through the leg or there, you can't say a word. And it takes maybe about a snap of a finger for you to go from coherent to incoherent. That's how quick it is it takes to choke out. It doesn't take someone eight minutes to choke out. Not at all. Not at all. And there are two conflicting autopsies out there, by the way. One, they said that he had... He had a lot of drugs in him. He died from there. And the other one said he had it in the drugs from there. And maybe by lying him on the side and having a little pressure on the neck did actually cause him to die. And why don't we listen to both of them, right? But for the fact is, there's more evidence that says that they died. This guy died because of, of the drugs. And guess what? That entire practice of putting the knee on top of the neck over the neck is actually a very common common way of of, I guess... I guess uh, subduing, uh, I guess someone who is being very difficult on drugs. I've seen it. There's, they do it in Britain. They do it in different countries. They do it in China. They do it everywhere. So was it a racist move or was it just bad police policy? Which one was it? But it wasn't this huge narrative where we say, oh, you know, now we have to like, you know, you know, that little incident there caused us eventually to change the name of the Redskins. 
for us to get rid of Aunt Jemima, to us, for us to get rid of Uncle Ben, right? For us to like, you know, become, to have black, black appreciation things and all this black, this black, that black, all this thing and all that to make it, to make it this narrative where there's like white people are hunting blacks all around, you know, when there's this like systemic racism problem all around that we actually, people hate black people. We don't hate black people at all. We celebrate black people. We buy their albums. We like their music. We like their dancing. You know, we, we think they're very stylish. You know, we have the, we, we hate black people so much, right? That the white people will buy the jersey, the football jersey, and put them and wear that jersey. You know, how many Patrick Mahomes jerseys are there? Dak Prescott jerseys out there. Deshaun Watson jerseys. Randy Moss. Terrell Owens. All these jerseys out there, right? Donovan McNabb. I got a McNabb jersey. He's a black guy. I got Terrell Owens. He's one of my favorite players of all time. You hate black people? You know, if, if, if you, this country was truly racist, they would not allow blacks to be in all of these, uh, systemically racist, right? They would not allow blacks to be in all these areas of where they can just shine. You know, how does Barack Obama get elected if we're systemically racist? How does Will Smith have a career? <laughs> right? Right? Who... Samuel L. Jackson. We love Samuel L. Jackson, and he's playing. Uh, he's he's playing that the, the X Men character. For shoot, I forgot his name. They got the eye patch. I forgot his name. Anyway, when I get back to his name, that character, by the way, is supposed to be white, but they name, but they made him a black guy because Samuel L. Jackson just just would plays him so much better. Because we like Sam. In fact, when we we don't we don't you know for me, I don't even look at race. Who the hell cares what race you are? Right? I have friends of all different cultures, Mexican, white, black. I, I really don't care. I don't see race. You know, all I see is like whether or not that person is a good person or not. You know, you don't, you don't automatically judge them because of racism, of, of their color of their skin. But you know what? There is racism out here. And people are just stupid. And it's led by ignorance. People are just stupid. And they, they don't even know it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat this one story. The last story I'm going to tell you, and uh, so there's a. I'm not going to name, name any names here because you know if the person hears it, they're going to know, they're going to know who they are. But anyway, I have this friend over here in Hawaii, and they and they and they go over here to and, and it's a and it's a woman, and she's a very far left liberal, very very far very far left liberal, and she uh, gets on. This is after George Floyd, and then she says. Well, Steve, well, how much money have you given to blacks? I said, I don't, I don't, why do I have to give money to blacks for? You know, I, mean, I don't owe them anything. And she says, well, Steve, when I went to Costco, I saw a black man in there. I walked up to him. I gave him $20. I shoved it in his face. So the black man tells me, what are you doing? And she says, I'm giving you $20 because you need it. And he says, why do I need it? I don't need your $20. And she said, take it. You need it. And he goes, and, she, and, she, and he says, I don't need it. I'm a doctor. I got a lot of money. And she says, you're not a doctor. You're a black man. She gives him away $20 and walks away. And she tells me, Steve, you didn't give $20 to racist. I said, what are you talking about? You're the one who's racist, who thinks a black man can't be a doctor. <laughs> and since he started arguing with me, she says, oh, that guy thought he was a doctor. He's a black man. Oh, really? That's freaking racist, right? That's freaking racist. She doesn't even know it. She's so stupid. She is a crying liberal and going around bragging, I gave a black man $20. I'm not racist. You know, oh, <laughs> she doesn't even realize by saying, that guy can't be a doctor because he's black. That is like really racist. <laughs> I was like, it's not even racist. It's racist and stupid, right? But this is what we're, we're, what we're talking about. You know, the left, you know, there is racism out there. A lot of it's just driven by stupidity and, and, and stereotypes, which are just so stupid. And most of it comes from the left. Republicans don't think like that at all. You know, we don't, we don't think, oh, that, that guy's a black guy, therefore he can't be successful. No, you don't think that way about anyone. You know, but you do stereotype certain things. Because say, say, for example, you see 
five black guys walking down the street with their with their underwear hanging out, you know, all red or all blue, you know, hats hats turned to the side and they're all tattooed over each other. Now I'm not going to think they're doctors. I, I'm going to think they're part of a gang, and that's not being racist. That's flat out intuition, because we do know that you know there's either Bloods or Crips. And they have all the tattoos around there, especially if I start seeing they have a little teardrop by their eyes and a little cross on the other side. You know, that means for a fact they killed either a gang member or someone else and they've been to jail. So, you know, all those things, you see all the tattoos, just thinking, man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want anything to do that with that person. It's like when you go to the beach and you see a Japanese guy and you see that that Yakuza tattoo all the way on the back, you think, man, I'm not going to piss off that guy. That guy may be part of the Yakuza. Right? That's called intuition. It's not called racism. But apparently, <laughs> we're supposed to think it's racism. Here's another story before I go. So I have another friend. I have another friend, and they live in the mainland. Very, very good-looking girl. Beautiful girl. Like a, like a 10. Like, like an 11. On a scale of 1 to 10, she's 11. So she's driving in her car, and uh, the two black guys... They saw her and they start chasing after her. Now she starts driving away and she, and they're in hot pursuit of her. Hot, hot pursuit. And they're trying to, you know, they're chasing her, honking at her, calling her, hey, little cute girl and all that kind of things. Pull over on the side, pull over on the side. So she drives up to the police. She actually drives to the police station because she knows where that is. And she runs into there. And, you're right. And, the, and, those, and those two black guys, they take off. So she tells a story. She, she tells a story um, on her Facebook page. Then she gets attacked for being racist. And, and then she says, you know, those two black men, maybe they just want to get to know, know you. And that's how people meet sometimes. I said, no, she was actually felt as though they were going to, you know, beat her up or rape her. She, there, she had to go to the cops. And you go, oh, that's, you went to the cops. That's why you're, you're racist. So no, she thought she was in danger. So they started calling her racist. They said, no, how do you know they wanted to rape you like that? They said, that's not how you pick up someone. You try to run them off the road. It's real simple like that. You know? And it had nothing to do with the color of their skin. It could be white people. It could be Chinese people. It could be anyone. She was saying that anyone who would do that to me and chase me on the road, chase me on the freeway, chase me all the way to the cop precinct. You know, if they're out for, and she also said, if they meant no harm, why don't they just come into the cop precinct? And just talk to me. Right? And then set their record straight. But they didn't. They ran away. Of course, nobody responded to her after that. They just said, you're racist. This is the stupidity part about it. You know, people, when they start playing the race card, they get extremely stupid. And it's not to say there's not racists out there. There are racists out there. Right? Because racism and stupidity, they go hand in hand. Most of the time, the people who are stupid are the most racist. And there are a lot of stupid people out there. And I'll tell you one thing, prejudice though, you know, prejudice, being prejudiced, it, it, it's not about race anymore. There's more prejudice against Trump supporters than anything else. We're seeing people, just because they support Trump, and they have a different point of view, and it's not even that bad of a point of view, Right? We're seeing them get fired from their job. We're seeing their agent, their their well-being get fired. They get they get their podcast taken down. They get their company, their Amazon gets rid of Parler, right? And you're we're considered domestic terrorist. Luckily, I'm self-employed, so it doesn't really matter. And most and most of my clients are conservatives. You know, you know, if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Democrat and you don't you disagree with what the hell I'm saying. I'm still going to service you know the hell out of you and give give you my best service. But there are Democrats who said, oh, we don't want to book with you because you're a Trump supporter. That's fine. But that's a, that's a form of being a prejudice. I don't mind, I don't mind it at all because I'm not prejudiced. You, I know you disagree with me, but I'm fine. You know? <laughs> By the way, being a conservative and running a business and being an open conservative, sometimes I get these calls trying to set me up, set me up to like... Uh, See if I would actually, uh, uh, I guess, if I could have, a, I guess they could prosecute me for being discriminatory. You know, I had a gay, I had a so-called gay couple, right? I think it was a pretend gay couple asking me if I do gay weddings and if I hate gay people or something like that. I said, of course not. 
I was doing gay weddings before they were legal in Hawaii or legal anywhere. You know, we we're doing those commitment ceremonies. I said, of course not. And I told him, the only people who I hate, the customers who I really hate, and he said, oh yeah, which one do you hate? We want to get this on record. Who do you hate, Steve? I said, the ones that don't pay. That's it. The ones that don't pay. And then they hung up. <laughs> Idiots, I swear. Surrounded by them. Can't stand it sometimes. All right, everyone. That is the show for today. I hope you liked it. Um, I think I hope I got a better show tomorrow. Maybe, I don't know. We're going to listen to these uh, Republicans argue their entire, I guess, their, their entire I guess, defense of Donald Trump and everything out there. I don't know what there is to argue, actually. I really, really don't. This is all a waste of time. It's all a charade. And uh, I'm still a... I'm still a big-time Trump supporter. I am glad we, we got him for four years. We need him back in 2024 or someone with his strength. Someone with his morality and his strength. That's what I want. It doesn't have to be Trump. You know, in fact, I wouldn't mind if it's, you know, someone else. We just need just someone with his intelligence, intelligence, morality, and strength. And if you can't see how moral this guy is, then something is wrong with you. Let me just tell you this. The FBI spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to find a crime that Donald Trump was guilty of. They dug. They dug. They tried to flip people. And they committed crimes. There was a gangster, uh, actually, who they tried to flip to say that Trump had used, that worked with the gangs and Russians over there in New York. And that gangster said, he didn't, and he stuck to his guns. And he came out on YouTube and said, <laughs> Mueller and his team, those guys are big-time gangsters. Those guys, those guys are bad dudes. You know, Donald Trump is such an evil person, and his kids turn out so good. What does it say when, when Joe Biden and his, his brother and his son are just so corrupt? What does it say about their father? Like father, like son? <laughs> All right. All right, people. Now I am out of here.